Filthy Henry Case Files, The Day of the Living Veg, A Halloween Story by Derek Power. Part 2. Over by the haunted house, the rocking chair now sat empty, moving back and forth ominously in the wind. Well, bugger me! John watched us arriving earlier, he said. Damn, I didn't spot that either. The scarecrow we had in the chair was dressed differently. Yeah, he's some actor. I really thought it was a scarecrow, Filthy Henry said. But that just turns my theory into proof. He's behind all this. Of course, now we get to go through the cliché. Cliché? Sam asked. The very detective nodded and pointed at the haunted house. Yeah, haunted house, Halloween, when strange things were afoot. Total cliché. What's in there? he asked her. Sam shrugged her shoulders, the expression on her face revealing nothing. Um, it's just some standard haunted house stuff, she said. Candles and cobwebs, some little puppets and skeletons set up to look creepy. There were a few motion-triggered things, that laugh and cackle as you go past. Spooky music playing in a loop over speakers with just the right amount of volume. Then you get to the other end and have to run past the monster to get your treat. I mean, you've got to have a haunted house at Halloween. It's like a tradition or something. Same as mistletoe at Christmas. Filthy Henry turned and stared at the entrance to the haunted house. Well, pumpkins are a traditional Halloween thing, Filthy Henry said, before trailing off as some information made its way to the forefront of his thoughts. You know, I think I might know who's behind this. Well, would you care to share that nugget with me? Sam asked. He ignored her and started walking towards the haunted house. For a homemade deal, it did look pretty good. There was black cloth dangling down the front, fluttering in the wind and giving a glimpse of what lay beyond. Eerie music played from hidden speakers, giving a very spooky sensation to the whole sense of hearing. There were even two cages hanging over the entrance, little model crows in them with what looked like little plastic hands in their beaks. Filthy Henry felt a shiver run down his spine. He had worked all sorts of scary cases over the decades, even dealing with ghosts and banshees on more than one occasion. But there was something truly terrifying about a haunted house, created by a mortal mind. Humans, for some strange reason, sought to make things much more macabre than they had to be. Back when he was a younger half-breed, Filthy Henry had gotten so scared in a haunted house that he had nearly burnt the place down in a panic spell-casting. All because a rubber chicken had dropped down on him from out of nowhere. It had left a lasting impression on the fairy detective that no amount of magical abilities had been able to fix. He was, for all intents and purposes, a scaredy-cat when it came to haunted houses. As the fairy detective approached the entrance, he reached out, pulling back some of the black cloth to get a look at what lay beyond. Like your typical haunted house, the lighting inside was done on a budget. There seemed to be an abundance of red lights casting scary shapes around the place, with several flashing strobe lights strategically positioned and set slightly out of sync with each other. Each pulse of light caused strange shapes to appear on the opposite wall. Uh, can we just go around? Filthy Henry asked Sam. No, she said. I sort of thought kids would try and sneak to the end to get their treat, so you must go through the haunted house. 
I had the gang build it so there was no way around unless you want to go walking for an hour through some fields. The fairy detective looked back at the doors of the barn and thought about the people hiding inside. While it was true, he knew they were not in any real danger. They didn't know that. All they knew was turnips had risen from the ground and began a tiny rampage. Okay, Filthy Henry said. We'll go through the stupid haunted house, see what's on the other side. He pulled the black cloth back more and stepped inside. A smoke machine, presumably triggered by his entrance, began puffing out foul-smelling mist. More hidden speakers kicked into life, playing the sound of clinking chains and ghostly moans. Um, if it's all the same to you, Sam said, taking the cloth material from his grasp, I might stay back here, just in case anything comes out. Sure, he said through gritted teeth. Leave me to walk through the haunted house all alone and you stay safe and sound. At least try and get everybody out to safety if you can. Of course, Sam said. Why do you keep the zombie turnips distracted in here? Before he could respond with a clever quip, she let the cloth fall back in place. Filthy Henry turned to face the scary setting, gulped for comedic effect, then started strolling through the haunted house slowly, taking care to check nothing dangerous was hiding in the shadows as he walked. The last thing the fairy detective wanted to happen was for his untimely death to be caused by turnips. The only time someone should be killed by a turnip in his view was at Christmas, when said vegetable was thrown across the kitchen because nobody wanted to eat it. Something crunched under his left foot, shattering with ease. He knelt and brought his shoe up slightly to reveal a destroyed plastic skull. As the nearest strobe flashed, it made the macabre scene seem a little bit more horrifying. From the corner of his eye, something moved in the darkness, but another strobe flash made it impossible to say for sure what it was. Filthy Henry stood up, looked around and considered just summoning enough fireballs to burn the place to the ground. There was a titter of laughter coming from somewhere, but he couldn't figure out if it was something in the haunted house with him, or just playing over the speakers. The fairy detective cautiously continued walking. Several more objects shattered under his feet. A quick check revealed that there were more plastic skulls and even a few plastic zombie heads. Small ones, like they all belonged to a puppet or doll. Again he caught movement, just on the corner of his vision, but there didn't seem to be anything there. He straightened up and stared down the remaining part of the haunted house. It seemed to have grown in length. This is all in your head, Filthy Henry said to himself. There's nothing to be afraid of. There are such things as ghosts, but you're the thing that ghosts are afraid of. I wouldn't be so sure about that, half-breed, a rasping voice said from everywhere at once. Filthy Henry stiffened, a chill running down his spine. Every one of his muscles seemed to tense. John, the fairy detective said, turning on the spot slowly and crushing more plastic heads in the process. Or should I say, Jack? Well now, the voice hissed, aren't we a clever one? I'd always been led to believe you were a bit dim. But look at you putting two and two together. I know, didn't even need to take my shoes off and use my toes for counting or anything, Filthy Henry said, facing the entrance to the haunted house now. From the corner of his eye, the fairy detective thought he saw something move on one of the tent's support beams. He slowly turned his head and saw a small skeleton statue resting beside the red bulb-bearing lamp. The little skeleton sat up and stared at Filthy Henry, 
with a terrifying turnip head on its plastic neck. Then it brought up both hands to reveal pumpkin-carving knives in each tiny fist. Bag the damn it, Filthy Henry swore, running with everything he had back to the entrance of the haunted house. He burst out into the farmyard, conjuring a fireball in each hand, and spun around on the spot to face the entrance. Sam ran over from the barn side of the yard. Filthy Henry glanced over and saw both doors wide open. Did you get everybody out? he asked, turning his attention back to the haunted house. There was a low rumbling noise coming from within, accompanied by a creaking sound he couldn't quite place. Yes, Sam said. I got everybody out, and they're headed back to the cars now. The rumbling grew louder. What's that? she asked. Well, I'm hoping it's not a load of your decorations now bearing turnip heads coming to kill us with tiny knives, Filthy Henry said. What? The turnips! Now have bodies! Tiny little bodies! Looks like they took apart the decorations in there, and something about being a magical animated inanimate object has allowed them to animate other inanimate objects. I suppose we're lucky they only tried it on toys. Could you imagine if they'd figured it out while being on top of a car? We'd have ghost cars racing all over the place. All at once the black cloth flaps burst forth from the haunted house entrance as hundreds of animated turnips came bouncing out into the yard. Mixed in with the flood of villainous vegetables were dozens of turnips attached to scary puppet bodies. They moved with the grace of the decomposed, beloved by Hollywood horror movies for decades. All stutters, judders and the occasional fall. Each of these possessed puppets brandished carving knives in their tiny hands, their turnip faces filled with murderous intent. What in God's name are those? Sam asked, pointing at the approaching horde. Yeah, so turns out that our little problem just got worse. Filthy Henry spotted a large shadow bringing up the rear of the turnip troops, moving with slow and dreadful purpose. One of the strobe lights flashed, catching off the metallic surface of a farming scythe. That's him, the fairy detective said. Sam, I'm going to run interference, but I don't think I'll be able to do it for too long given the number of turnips. Not to mention the ones with... Oh, crap! He ducked right as one of the skeleton turnips jumped from the middle of the horde and brought up its tiny knife. It made no sound, but the mouth of the turnip was bent into what looked like a very distinct scream. Filthy Henry, acting on instinct, threw one of his fireball spells directly at the little killing creature. The flaming sphere smashed into the plastic body, shattering it into a dozen fiery pieces, while char-grilling the turnip head into something Santa would feel happy dropping into the sock of a misbehaving child. The turnip horde had taken the impromptu attack on Filthy Henry to advance faster. Several of them began to thump into his shins and knees, with such force that he fell back to the ground. A mild sense of panic began to build up in the fairy detective's gut as the turnips circled around him. Two zombie turnips shuffled around, smiling at Filthy Henry while they pointed their knives at him. Sam! he shouted batting away at the turnips while trying to think of what spell would get him out of harm's way. Out of sight, Filthy Henry heard what sounded like an engine starting. It groaned into life, and the fairy detective knew for the first time what true betrayal felt like. Sam had clearly run to the nearest car while he was being devoured by angry root vegetables, so she could escape safely. Suddenly, tiny stabbing pains ran along his left leg. Filthy Henry managed to push some of the zombie turnips out of the way to get a look at three of the puppet turnips poking him with their tiny carving knives. The fairy detective lashed out with his leg, kicking them off. He sent three demon vegetables back into the other turnips. Rolling onto his side, 
Filthy Henry tried to get back to his feet. There was the unmistakable roar of an old engine, and the ground started to rumble. Filthy Henry saw Sam sitting in the cabin of an ancient John Deere tractor, mowing blades attached to the front of the green chassis, and spinning quickly. Sam grinned down at the ferry detective, then drove the tractor right towards him. The approach of the vehicle drew the attention of all Filthy Henry's attackers. Hundreds of fearful-faced vegetables turned, just in time to see most of them sliced and diced into pieces that splattered across the yard with carefree abandon. The only turnips that managed to survive the slaughter were those possessing bodies. These jumped onto the side of the tractor as it drove past Filthy Henry. He watched as they began to attack the door of the cabin with the least effective attacks anyone had ever performed. Before the fairy detective could even react with a magical assist, Sam kicked the door open and flung all the murderous mites into the air. Filthy Henry tracked their trajectory, then launched tiny fireballs at each of them. A Halloween version of clay pigeon shooting. Each fireball found its mark. Well, you don't see that every day, he said, getting up to his feet and dusting down his clothes from turnip bits. Nice driving. Sam parked the tractor, climbed out of the cabin and walked over to him. Thanks, she said. I think I did okay. Oh, you did, the creepy voice said from inside the haunted house. But fear not, I shall fix that for you. The tip of a scythe peeked out from behind the haunted house curtains like a menacing nose of a punch puppet. Slowly the cloth was pulled back and a scarecrow stepped out. The same scarecrow that had been in the rocking chair when Filthy Henry had arrived earlier. With jittering moves, just like the tiny turnip terrors, it stepped out into the yard and stood up to its full height. At a guess, Filthy Henry would have said the scarecrow was nearly seven feet tall. Which was easy to do when you had small stilts. It was the shoes that gave it away. The wind blew the raggedy torn trouser helms around something much thinner than a human ankle. Scary John? Sam asked, staring at the figure. Of course, Sam, they said, their voice echoing. I had to teach you all the true meaning of Halloween. Filthy Henry snorted. All right, can we drop the act, Jack? Or should that be Stingy Jack? The cloth face moved swiftly, two eyes focusing on the fairy detective. You know? Well, actually, I know many things, Filthy Henry said. You'd be surprised what I don't know, actually. The scarecrow reached up, grabbed a hold of the cloth mask, then pulled it off and dropped it to the ground. Beneath was a very mortal face with two eyes the colour of coal. He looked at Sam, and then Filthy Henry, and grinned. How do you want to do this? he asked. I've broken no laws. No, you haven't, Filthy Henry agreed. But you have broken the rules, exposing the fairy world to mortals with malicious intent, making me your worst nightmare. Stingy Jack dramatically chortled. With such mockery it impressed the fairy detective. Oh, the rules, he said. Aren't they just how things are governed between fairies and mortals? But you forget, I'm no fairy. I'm confused, Sam said. Who is this? You see, Stingy Jack spat, pointing the scythe in Sam's direction. See how people have forgotten the old ways, the traditions, not a fairy, but mortal. Well, that clears up nothing, Sam said. Seriously, who is Stingy Jack? Well, there's a few versions of the story that go around. Most of them haven't been adopted by the Christian faith, as it tried to remove any sort of pagan worship from Ireland. 
but the nugget of telling is the same. There once was this man named Jack, who tried his best never to pay for anything. One night he was out having a drink, when the devil... The devil? Sam asked. Yeah, the devil, or, well, a devil. A demon, maybe. Disgruntled fairy, take your pick. Basically, an entity of dark magic. Let's go with demon. That fits into all versions of the story. This demon comes up and starts drinking with old Jack here. But he shows off his magical powers, and Jack gets envious. Why can't he have magic, he wonders. So Jack comes up with this strange prank. If the demon turned itself into a coin, he'd buy the next round. That wasn't a strange prank, Stingy Jack said, stamping the bottom of his scythe pole on the ground. It was a stroke of genius. Filthy Henry rolled his eyes. Whatever, he said. Anyway, the demon did so, but Jack pocketed the demon beside an object of good magic, like a cross or a blessed stone. The result was the demon couldn't change back, but while in his pocket, Jack never aged. See, told you, genius, Stingy Jack said. So eventually the demon starts to mess with Jack's head and calls him to nearly go insane from bad dreams. So Jack takes the coin out of his pocket after having it for 50 years and the demon transforms back. Sam frowned, looking from Stingy Jack to Filthy Henry and back again. After a few seconds of contemplative silence, she shrugged her shoulders once more. I'm not getting what this has to do with turnips and people ignoring tradition? See? Stingy Jack screeched. All I've suffered and to be forgotten because of a failed colony with a different sort of vegetable. One that's infinitely easier to carve than a poxy turnip, the fairy detective said. How dare you? Stingy Jack snarled. Well, when the demon turned back, he cursed Jack to forever walk the lands of Ireland, never dying or finding a place in heaven or hell. Back in those days, both sides of the afterlife basically were in a perpetual cold war, so they did favours from time to time. To help him never stop walking, the demon picked up the nearest vegetable to hand and smashed its fist into it. The impact caused the turnip to have a hideous face, like it was carved from somebody who had never seen a face before. Then the demon ripped out Jack's soul, crushed it into a lump of burning coal, and stuck that into the turnip lantern, becoming the first ever Jack-o'-lantern. The fairy detective waited for the inevitable from Sam. Statements of disbelief. Accusations that she had just been fed a lie, so terrible, it would not have fooled a newborn. Comments about how her first birthday was not, in fact, yesterday. Instead, the farmer slowly nodded, stared down at the ground, arched an eyebrow and eventually shrugged her shoulders again. Mm, fair enough, Sam said. That's it? Filthy Henry asked, surprised by her lack of reaction. Yeah, she said. I mean, I've spent most of the day watching bouncing turnips try to eat my customers. What's one more insane story on top of that? They weren't trying to eat your customers, Stingy Jack said his tone like one used by a teenager who's tired of explaining to their parents what the internet is. They were trying to eat all the pumpkins so that you'd be forced to use turnips. See, I told you they were after the pumpkins. Zombie turnips, as if that's a thing. Yeah, well, I'm delighted that you all had a good time. I'm going to have to kill you now, Stingy Jack said, taking the scythe firmly in both hands and bringing it up to his left so that it was ready to reap. Just a second there, bargain basement reaper man. Filthy Henry said, raising his left hand up and pointing it towards the pumpkin-carven barn. Leroy chucked! From inside the barn, there came the sound of several tables being pushed. 
nudged and eventually knocked out of the way. A bucket went flying, sailing past the open doors and off into the depths of the building. Finally, the turnip which Filthy Henry had encased in a spherical spell came racing through the air and into his hand. He held it up for all to see. Inside, the animated turnip started gnashing wildly at the sphere. Wait, what's that about then? Stingy Jack asked. Well, I've often wondered if the stories that were co-opted into another belief system influenced the people in the story. There aren't a lot of examples of it happening, you see. But Stingy Jack was one of those few that moved from being a fairy folktale to being a Christian one, which, in theory, would mean that you could be affected by their magic just as easily as you could the fairy magic. The cold light of terrified realisation dawned on Stingy Jack's face. He had made the logical leap much faster than Filthy Henry had assumed he would, which was impressive. No, I don't think, the scarecrow began before lowering his scythe ever so slightly. I don't think that's true. The fairy detective reached into his pocket and pulled out a small vial of water, making sure to hold it in his right hand so that Stingy Jack had a good view of the bottle. He popped the lid off with a flick of his thumb. I don't know, Filthy Henry said. Looks like this scarecrow didn't get their brains from the wizard after all. Is that... Is that holy water? Stingy Jack asked. The fairy detective nodded, bringing the bottle over so that it was above the sphere. Inside the turnip failed to notice anything strange going on. Indeed it is, Filthy Henry said. What better way to put out a lump of coal containing a man's soul? infused with fires from a demon from hell than by using some good old holy water from Lords itself. Lords? You just happen to carry around with you a bottle of holy water from Lords? I don't believe you. It's a trick. You're known for this sort of thing, Stingy Jack said, the conviction in his voice wavering more and more with every word. But there were little bits of coal in all the turnips, Sam said, pointing at the killing zone that was her farmyard. Would you need to gather them all up? Exactly, Stingy Jack said, dropping the scythe and holding his hand out in front of him. You can't do anything if I get my lantern back. Along the ground a wind began to blow, a very localised, meteorological marvel. Large pieces of turnip, parts mostly intact, began to bounce along on the mystical breeze. Mingled in with the lumps of vegetable were little black clumps. As the clumps gathered, they began to glow red like burning coal. Stingy Jack gestured with his right hand from the ground to his outstretched left hand. A large, brown turnip formed with a horrible face carved into it. The bits of coal, now reformed into a single lump, passed into the turnip from the mouth and lit up the inside, like a very disgusting lantern. See, Stingy Jack said, brandishing the newly formed lantern before him. I do, Filthy Henry said gesturing towards the sphere in his hand with a nod of his head. Inside, the tiny animated turnip was still gnashing. Ah, crud, Stingy Jack said. The fairy detective tilted the vial of water ever so slightly, causing a single drop to fall and pass into the sphere. It dropped through the spell, narrowly missing the turnip before falling to the ground. Okay, 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 Stingy Jack shouted, clutching his lantern like a baby. I'll go. That's what you want, right? Me to leave this farm alone. Go and never return, I believe is the line in the stories, Sam said, crossing her arms and giving him a hard stare. And by never return, I mean you don't get to come back and annoy anyone again. 
We have a deal, Filthy Henry asked, wiggling the vial of water back and forth. Deal. Just give me that turnip. Nope, the fairy detective said. I'm going to hold on to this and make sure you honour the deal. You turn up again, and I go splashy-splashy with the holy water. Stingy Jack said nothing. He stared at them both, then held out his lantern and thrust it in their direction. Mark my words, half-breed, he said. I will get that piece of my soul back, and when I do, I'll make you and your little friend here rue the day you messed with Stingy Jack. He brought his right hand up in front of the lantern, blocking the light by covering it. It seemed as if all the light in that part of the yard was sucked into the shadows, the whole area in front of the haunted house becoming as dark as night. In a way that the fairy detective was unable to perceive, the scarecrow vanished from sight. The light returned, revealing a distinct lack of stingy Jack in the area. Mark my words, he's going to be a recurring character, the fairy detective said. It was lucky that you happened to have some holy water in your pocket, Sam said, clearly impressed. Oh, this? Filthy Henry said, holding it up. This is just tap water in a bottle, with little cross on it. Great thing about belief is there's no way to test for it. But you can really sell it to people, because they've no way to disprove you otherwise. You mean you bluffed him? That's how I solve most of my cases, the fairy detective said. He handed her the sphere-encased turnip. Here you go. Taking the animated vegetable from him, Sam Hain looked at Filthy Henry with utter confusion on her face. What do you expect me to do with this exactly? He pointed over at the haunted house. Well, why not stick it in there and tell people it's your star attraction? Filthy Henry stuck his hand into his pockets and looked about the yard. His gaze landed on the coffee shop tent. You don't happen to do those pumpkin spice lattes, do you? He asked Sam. It is coming up on Halloween, after all. Filthy Henry Case Files, The Day of the Living Veg, is an original story by Derek Power. If you're interested in other work by Derek Power, head on over to bluejester.com or Amazon, where his books are available on Kindle. Music and narration by Niall Milton. Be sure not to miss other Filthy Henry Case Files by subscribing on your platform of choice. And as always, we'd love to hear from you. In the meantime, be safe and be well.